Hi, everybody. Today, we're talking about people pleasers, people without boundaries, people who have no expectations for self, people who put everyone else before themselves. Is that being caring and compassionate or is that self-betrayal? If you're one of these people, stay tuned because we're going to talk about it. This is the You Don't Own Me podcast, and I'm Juliana J. So self-betrayal. We talked about this a little bit in another episode, but today we're going to talk about uh, is that you? And if so, what can you do to kind of rewire your brain into being less of someone who betrays themselves often? So here are some criteria for uh, being someone who is rooted in self-betrayal. Are you a people pleaser? Do you put other people before yourself always? Do you have little to no boundaries? And if you have a boundary, do you let somebody cross it all the time? Are you somebody that goes, um, I really don't want to do this today. I'm going to stay home all day. I'm really looking forward to that. I just want to be at home and do these things. And then someone calls and asks you to do something that you kind of don't want to do but you do it anyway, all the time, every time, every time. Um, are you somebody who is not being true to your goals and your aspirations? For example, for me, like starting this podcast and uh, the nonprofit that I have, I started the nonprofit in 2015, actually, but did pretty much nothing about it because I was just betraying myself and not doing what I wanted to do. Um, that's kind of an example. Do you have a goal, but you do nothing about it, but you wish it were true, but you do nothing about it? You know, could be self-betrayal. Um, People-pleasing, we talked about that. Are you afraid of rejection or being an outcast or having people not understand you? Do you have a lot of shame about who you are? And so you're always trying to be something else, stepping into a role that might not be authentically for you. Are you somebody who really avoids any anger directed at you? Do you really, really, and this is a lot of us, you know, a lot of us are really afraid of confrontation and uh, anger. And so we'll do anything to stay out of it, including betraying ourselves. For example, there's something we really don't like in a relationship. We'll never say anything to the other person about it or talk about it or try and fix it. We'll just live with it. We won't even self-engage. You know, we won't even look inward and go, do I, is this relationship even serving me? Maybe I don't need to be friends with this person. We don't even do that. We stay in the relationship, even though it's hurting us. And uh, we just avoid talking about the things we want out of the relationship. Um. Do you find yourself just exhausted and frustrated all the time? Do you have a lot of resentment about your job, what other people are doing, your friends, your family, you know, random people driving in a car next to you, um, people in the grocery store who aren't doing what you want? You know, do you just have this resentment or frustration that's a little uh, unbalanced? Do you think that people don't 
care about you really. You're trying to get validation from people, but they're not um they're not giving that to you. And so you feel like you're alone or no one cares about you, that type of thing. Um are you somebody who loses yourself in relationships? Do you get in a relationship and then do you mold to what that person wants you to be or what you perceive that person wants you to be? Or do you retain some of your inner self? You know, I think we're all guilty of this to some degree. When you get in a relationship, you really want it to work out. It's super fun and exciting. And you might shift a little bit in who you are, are a lot in who you are to fit into the mold of what you think the person wants. And maybe, maybe it can be like, well, maybe this is a good learning experience for me. Maybe what they want me to be is uh, better for me than what I'm currently doing, you know, so I'm open to exploring that, but then that shifts into now I am that way. And I don't want to, I don't want to be that anymore or an identity crisis. I don't, I don't know who I am or anything anymore because I've so molded to what this what I perceive this person's expectations of me should be. Usually somebody who self-betrays does not have a lot of self-love, obviously, because if you loved certain things about yourself, it would be much easier to not betray them. You know, if you really loved that you were um, just a really happy, fun person that enjoyed being with people all the time, and you started dating somebody who liked to be alone all the time and wanted you to be alone with them, would you balance that out so you could still maintain what you enjoy about life or would you just conform to what that person wanted? If you either left the relationship because, no, that's not what I want, or you tried to find a balance with what you want, you are more likely to really love that quality about yourself or love, you have integrity with yourself. You love yourself enough that you have integrity, self-integrity, and you are going to really hang tight to yourself and your own identity and the things you like about yourself. You're still open to learning new things or shifting or changing. Nobody is the same person from infancy to to death no one is you know you sh you should be always constantly changing and moving and reevaluating but are you secure in that or are you letting other people tell you what you should do all the time and then doing that without really thinking about if that is something you want to do so if any, you tick any of those boxes, I um, encourage you to write down what, what it was and what you do that makes you think you are that, you know, like for example, if you can't say no, what are some examples of not being able to say no? And do you realize it when you do it? You know, I certainly realize it when I do it. And then I think I justify it to myself. Like, I'll be like, well, I, I really don't want to. Um, make dinner tonight uh, for the, for, you know, make a dish to take over to somebody's house in this last minute, hey, come over to dinner thing. I really don't want to do any of that. Um, but I then, I say yes, of course, because I can't say no. And then I justify it in my mind. 
like, oh, well, you know, you're just being a stick in the mud. You don't want to go out. And what will people think? And, you know, this person was nice enough to ask you to come over, you know, how you're being so rude, you know, and things like that. Justify it to yourself. So write down what some of those things might be and what justifications you've used. And then really go inward and think like, where did this come from? Where did I start being like this? Where did I learn this behavior? You know, was it because uh, if you... If you said what you felt, people did not accept that, you know, when you were a kid or somewhere, were you like sort of, you know, were you somebody who people didn't accept readily into groups when you were in, you know, grade school or junior high or high school or something like that? And so you just started conforming, you know, um, was it something between your your um, family relationships that brought it on? Did you feel like uh, a lot of times when people are really avoiding anger and things like that, they feel like it has been modeled to them in the past that if somebody gets angry at you, then they reject you or they withhold love from you, that love is not unconditional in situations. So your perception of love is always conditional. And if you don't meet these certain criteria for the conditions, they won't love you anymore. And so you're always conforming to what other people want because in your mind, love is always conditional. And a lot of love is conditional, you know, in the way we're perceiving it of relationships. Like universal love, the love that runs the world is consistent and is non conditional. And the love, you have for yourself, the love you have that connects you with everyone else is different. I'm talking about in relationships, you know, in a relationship where you're supposed to have this love, you know, like it's a, it's an intimate relationship with a partner or it's with family members or something like that. And someone has set a precedence where their love is conditional to you, where it should be unconditional. You then formulate a mindset that all love is conditional and that's, and rigid, really rigid. Like even if love is conditional, the boundaries are not as rigid as you think they are. There is room in there for you to be authentically yourself and still be loved. But in your mind, the boundaries are very rigid If I'm not saying yes to this person all the time, they'll hate me. There's no gray area of that. And there's no uh, reevaluating of the boundaries. And in a relationship, a long-term relationship, there's constant reevaluation of these boundaries that will allow people to grow, to change, to learn new things, to be new things, to discover new things about themselves. There's space for those boundaries to shift, to accommodate the shifting and changing of a person throughout life. You know, that is the unconditional sort of love you find in other relationships or a deeper kind of love. This conditional kind of love with very strict boundaries is not really love that's control. 
that's control. So it's very hard to tease it out because control is often pitched as love, you know, but it's really just control. It's somebody wanting control of the relationship. They want you to be a certain way, look a certain way, do a certain thing, et cetera, to please them. You know, so you got to be really careful about that. And I'm not really, there's not enough time in this podcast to really talk about conditional love, but we will in a future podcast. Do you need to guard yourself all the time? You know, like you're constantly going, you're in a conversation, say at work, people are talking and in your mind, you're halfway listening to the conversation because you want to respond to what somebody said but you're playing it over and 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 over in your mind until you decide not to say it at all because you can't come up with a way to say it that you perceive might be offensive or perceive that people will think is stupid or perceive differently, even though you don't even know, you know, but you have no room in your candid conversations to just be candid. You know, that's part of why I started this podcast was to just be candid. You know, you don't always say the most perfect thing, but are you so guarded you end up not saying anything? That's another self-betrayal. So some of the things you can do is make a list of how you're true to yourself. You know, you next to that list, on one page, you can have a list of things I know that I'm betraying myself about, you know, always saying yes, um, never stating my true opinion about anything. Um, I really want to write a book, but I'm afraid that people will be mad at me if I do, because there might be something in there that um, talks about who they are and something they did that wasn't great, or if I'm not perceiving my childhood in this perfect, beautiful light as I'm writing this book, you know, people won't like me. So I can't do that. Um, so make a list of things where you're true to yourself on one page and have it be next to the page where you aren't true to yourself. And then do one thing a day that's true to yourself. Just set a goal for yourself. Like every day, I'm going to do one thing that's true to myself. Like um, if I go to get coffee, I'm not going to just say, uh, yeah, I'll have what she's having just because I don't want to say what I want. Or, you know, I'm with somebody who's, say I'm getting coffee with somebody who has this really negative opinion about sugar, but I want a um, really sugary drink, you know, to just, be true to yourself there in that small moment. Or if you want to buy uh, the more expensive um, t-shirt at the store than the other one, but you feel like you'll have to justify that expenditure somewhere, you know, do that. Or even small little things like, you know, you're in a conversation and you want to say something, you know, maybe say it say a bit of it or a part of it or something, or maybe listen to the music you want to listen to instead of trying to pick music that everybody will want to listen to. If you're in the car going somewhere, or if say you're in the car packed with kids and they want to listen to something that will really frazzle your brain at the moment because you've been at work all day, you know, say, 
let, no, I want five minutes of silence and then we can listen to that or something like that. Be true to yourself somehow, you know, however it may be. You go to buy flowers, buy flowers for yourself. You know, what would you like? Not what would everybody else want to see? I mean, sometimes you can do that. Now, you know, we're, we're talking about this. I don't mean swing all the way over to the other pendulum where you're really um, self-absorbed. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like small things, sit where you want on the couch rather than giving up your seat to the next person that comes by, you know, take the best seat at the table, um, that type of stuff, you know, um, at work, ask for a trackpad if that's what you want. You don't want a mouse, you know, whatever it may be, little things you can do each day that is true to yourself. Just start with one time. It can be some super tiny thing like. You know, I'd rather have my keys here every morning than over by the front door where you want them or, you know, whatever that is. I'm going to wash my clothes separately from yours because mine are more delicate or, you know, whatever it could be. There's so many things you could pick that's just being true to yourself. You know, it could be even having your old salad dressing at dinner because you don't really like what everybody else likes, you know, just little tiny things that you can be true to yourself about. And it's not going to happen right away, right? You're not going to just wake up one day and all of a sudden not have any self-betrayal characteristics in your personality. Because I think, honestly, we all do. We're all going to betray ourselves now and again. And sometimes it's good. Like sometimes, you know, you don't want to go do something, but somebody calls you up last minute to do it and you really don't want to do it, but you do it. And then you're driving there going, oh, I just betrayed myself. But then you get there and you have like the most amazing time and you meet some incredible people that it turns out you form relationships with. Then um, that's great. You know, maybe that time that was more I was open to exploring or something like that, you know, but just reflect on it so that you know where without Reflect on it without coming up with um, justifying it, right? Like, for example, that last thing I just said, you could be like, well, I really didn't want to go to this. I did not want to go. I self-betrayed myself, but going. But when I did go, you know, I met these great people and that was cool and I had a fun time, you know. But next time, you know, I might not do it and that would be fine, you know. It would be fine not to. So something like that, or even telling the person, I really didn't want to go. I felt like I self-betrayed myself going the other day when you invited me to that last minute. Um, but it was it turned out to be fun and I met people. But it'd be cool if I had a day's notice or something like that. You know, whatever you can do to kind of, I don't really like to do spontaneous things. So can you at least give me 24-hour notice or something like that next time or, you know, whatever. And then you're kind of doing two things. You're one, setting a boundary. Two, you're um, acknowledging that you betrayed yourself. Uh, three, you're having a conversation with somebody that might be a little bit scary if you're really, really afraid of confrontation. You know, so that it a lot of good things come out of that as far as just affirming a change in yourself. You know, and the list of things that you know you do, be mindful of it when you do it. You know, as you're doing it, go like, oh, this is one of those times I self-betray myself, you know, and I'm doing it again. 
I need to like think about this, maybe journal about it or meditate on it or something later on. Or I've done things where I've gone back to the person an hour later or half an hour later, or maybe even days later. And I said, you know, the other day when I blah, 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 when I said I would do this, I don't really want to do that. Or I didn't really want to do that. And I'd rather never do it again. So, you know, I don't really want to dog sit for you again or whatever, you know, whatever it is they asked you to do that you did that you then regretted. And um, I think those are good first steps to just kind of acknowledging um, where does my self-betrayal show up? In what relationships is my self-betrayal showing up as you're writing those lists and where, um, what is the core of your self-betrayal? Where did it come from? You can then reflect on where does it appear in relationships I currently have? You know, is it in every relationship? I mean, yes, that would be, you know, me. I'm I'm working on that, but yes, of course, you know, I have a hard time with the boundary of, is it being kind or is it self-betrayal, you know? And I think there's a really big nuance there, you know, that that we're always all working on. I don't necessarily have the answers to that. Um, if you have any suggestions or answers, please let us know because that would be um, great information for everyone to have. It's, I think it's it's something you decide within yourself. When are you going to be kind? And when is this self-betrayal? You know, because sometimes being kind means you have to, or having compassion or empathy means, you know, you have to get off the couch and put your shoes on and go outside and help somebody with something, you know, and you have to figure out what is kindness, compassion, and empathy, and what is self-betrayal. And usually self-betrayal is something that's happening over and over and over again that you're saying yes to that you really don't like, you know? Maybe helping your neighbor with their garbage cans on garbage day when they super need help and you run outside to help them when you didn't plan to is just kindness, not betrayal, unless now they're asking you to bring their garbage out for them all the time and it becomes something else. Then that's self-betrayal. So it's really knowing within yourself what is kindness and what is self-betrayal. And a lot of self-betrayal is repetitive. You'll do it over and over and over again with the same person or in the same relationships or at work or, you know, whatever that is. And at work, it's very dangerous because you will muddy your boundaries of your job description. So if you betray yourself at work, you muddy all the boundaries of your job description. And now people think like, well, Juliana did that before. So let's ask her again to do it, even though it's not in her job description. We'll just keep asking her to do the same thing because she has the skill set for it. So why not? But we won't take anything else off her plate or give her extra money for that or do anything. We'll just now ask her to do that all the time. And now that's an expectation. Oh, Juliana will always answer the phone after work hours because she does. So just call her, even though it's eight o'clock at night on a Sunday, you know, just call her. She does, she'll answer the phone all the time. You're betraying your own job description and your job. And over time, that self-betrayal will make you unhappy in your job because you will become exhausted. You'll feel like you don't have self-worth. You'll feel like people don't respect you. You're not making enough money. 
et cetera, et cetera. So if you're doing that at work, I would seriously make a list of what are all the things that I'm betraying myself with at work and how do I rewind back to my original job description? And that might be having to talk to your supervisor about tasks that have somehow become yours that either need to go on your job description and maybe it puts you in a category for a raise or someone else needs to do those job those tasks now. What what are those? Or if you're starting a new job, really make boundaries for yourself. You know, like, how am I going to show up at this job now? What boundaries am I going to have so that I don't end up taking on way more work than I need to take on, doing everything everybody wants because I'm afraid to, I'm going to be fired? Again, that's conditional love in a way. If you start a job and your whole focus is that you might get fired, um, for one, that there's some imposter syndrome working in there, which we'll talk about later, but it's really um, not... Uh, loving yourself or having confidence in yourself, you know, that you overdo your job. You're working 60 hours a week. You're doing all these things that are outside of your job description. You always say yes. You're talking to people after work hours. You're, you know, you you want to go on vacation, but you're pushing it back because um, this thing at work and there's always a thing at work. So you never take vacation. You're hoarding your vacation. You never take a sick day. Even though you're sick, you're still at work, working 110% all the time. You never take a moment to even go to the bathroom or have lunch. You know, you're eating lunch at your desk. All these things. Self-betrayal that will ruin every job you have. Every job you have, you will end up being exhausted and hating and not feeling like you're valued if you are not making boundaries there. So that's a really big one for everyone. I was so guilty of that. Boy, I was way over in this, like, I will do every anything anyone asks at work but it just ended up really burning me out and i had to um quit in the end because i just couldn't take the i don't know lack of respect you know also i'd done it to myself and people relied on me way too much and expected all these things for me and then one day i was asked to do something that i just couldn't say yes to you know for one it was like morally wrong in my mind uh and ethically wrong and when i brought that up the authority figure just wanted me to do what they needed me to do and that was it um and it put me in danger it's very weird but i think you can really it, it takes something that extreme to be the final straw you know self-betrayal in the workplace really got to be careful about it and um I think that warrants doing a whole uh, another show on because there's so much to that and what tools could we bring to that. It also really plays into we have this moment in time where we can change work culture into something that has a better work-life balance. And if we are self-betraying ourselves at work, we're going to end up back where we were working like crazy for very little money and not having any flexibility or work-life balance. It's very, very important to have boundaries at work. So those are some of the things I think. I think when you kind of do it in this manageable way, I'm going to pick one or two things a day that I'm going to do that's not betraying myself. And I'm going to recognize it. Even if I still betray myself, I'm at least going to recognize that I am doing that at the time. 
And I'm going to figure out what I could have done differently, whether I role play that with somebody else or talk about it with a friend over coffee or journal about it or think about it or meditate about it or whatever. I'm going to put some energy into what I could have done differently. I'm not just going to always be the victim or just be incredibly angry because things aren't working out my way. I'm going to acknowledge my part in it and and try to figure out what I can do differently moving forward. And your change will be slow and that's totally okay. People might even be offended or hurt that you're now trying to honor yourself because they're so used to you doing everything for them or doing whatever they want or always saying yes or whatever, but they'll come around. And if they don't come around, do you really need them in your life? If they're that conditional, do they really need, do you really need them? If they won't allow you to grow as a human being and live a better life, are they good for you? Something to think about. You know, but the people that are, they'll totally understand that and then maybe even admire you and they'll maybe even want to do it too. Usually that happens. So I think um, it's a lot of change to work on self-betrayal. You don't have to do it all at once. It can be, you know, this trajectory, you know, and again, as I've said with um, when you're on a path to uh, self-healing or self-enlightenment or your purpose or your spiritual path or your journey, whatever you call it, um, it it goes up and then it, you know, it's constantly on a trajectory of going up, but you're going to have setbacks, new lessons to learn, uh, things like that. And that's just part of being on the path. And it's, even if it's a setback, it's still really great. The The payoff is so spectacular once you get on the other side. So stick with it. Stick with it, my friends. I'm on this journey as well of trying to get rid of self-betrayal. We're all in it together. Again, you know, I think we all are. I think everyone is. So I want you to know that I support you on this journey. I know it's going to be hard. You can do it. You can do it. And I love you. I support you. I'm here for you. I care about you. And so go out and do one thing that's for yourself. That's being true to you. That's all you got to do. One thing a day. It's not that hard. It can be small. And then we'll work up to the big things. So take care, everybody. Love you. 